visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the world. We've been waiting for you. What's right with you? How do you find out? How can you improve your finances, health, relationships, business, and more? Welcome to the Access Consciousness Radio Show. We'll help you find that awareness with tools that actually work. Now, here are your hosts, the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here. So I'm going to have to fess up. We messed up. Okay, so it's like what occurred? We're here in Australia. It's, you know, it's really early in the morning. It's like 8 o'clock at 6 30 this morning dane went out to go jet skiing because he has jet ski here and he really likes to do that kind of stuff so he went out to go jet skiing and then i remembered that we had this voice america show so uh thanks to the wonderful blossom benedict and miss Susie godsey between the two of them they said well we'll help you and so we have a show for you and we'll still talk about leadership and how to find the leadership you really want in your life so I would like to welcome uh, my co-hosts, uh, Susie Gotzi and Blossom Benedict. Say hello, ladies. Hi, Gary. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having us. This is really um, a topic that I think sets access apart so much. So really fun to get to, to play with it. Cool. Well, it's like for and Susie, say hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me this morning. I'm really excited to be here, too. Okay, so Susie is a leader of dogs, okay? That's the reason her last name is Yes Dog, backwards. Godspeed. <laughs> so it's like she, you know, she actually, when she first came to Access, she was doing dog walking. And, uh, you know, it's like, and she learned some tools of Access. And now do you walk the dogs or do they walk you, Susie? <laughs> well, um, it's actually funny because I, I feel like now um, I'm more walking the dogs than ever and I'm assisting other people to walk their dogs too. <laughs> yeah, you know, to have control over your dog, to have control over your life. Now, that's where you become, you know, a leader. Now, one of the things that is obvious to me and has always been obvious is that in the animal kingdom, there's always the alpha male, the alpha female, the, you know, the alpha bitch, the alpha, you know, and these alpha dogs, these alpha you know, horses, these alpha cats always have control over things because they're willing to be the leaders. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so the main thing is about anything in access, everything we're looking for is how do we get you to be a leader in your own world? Because it's like if you, you know, the reality is you're the only person that actually knows what's right for you. You know, it's like, and Blossom, she's the, you know, she's the leader of Right Voice for You, which is a, uh, oh, you describe it, Blossom. What is it you do? Oh, uh, well, Right Voice for You is a, a workshop, but it's really all about empowering other people to find their voices. So it's interesting to be a leader of something that's all about people becoming the leader of their own life, figuring out what's true for them and being willing to, to speak whatever that is. Yeah, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? It's sort of like, you know, I was working with a young lady the other day and she was supposed to be getting married and she had 
you know, it's like her ear had stopped up, her voice had stopped, and she was not having a good time. And so I asked what she wasn't willing to hear and what she wasn't willing to say that would, you know, with that was, you know, creating this problem. And it turned out she wasn't willing to hear and she wasn't willing to say what it was going to take to make her the leader in her relationship. And most of us don't think of ourselves as leaders in a relationship, but we need to be leadership and leaders in everything. And that one thing about leaders is, you know, it's like there are a whole lot of people who like to be in charge and they don't like that have followers. But the thing about a leader is they always know where they're going and whether anybody else goes along or not, they're going to go. And that's the, probably the greatest difference that occurs between a leader and somebody who takes charge. Lots of people in the world like to take charge. They're really good at managing people, telling people what to do, how to do it, when to do it. But a leader doesn't have to tell anybody anything except, hey, I'm going. Want to come? And it's like if you become a leader in your own world and in your own right, what begins to occur is every relationship you have becomes the place where you invite your world instead of trying to bend, stable, fold, and mutilate yourself to put you in other people's world. Okay, Blossom, have you ever seen people bend, stable, fold, and mutilate themselves? Yeah, often what I actually see is that um, people are really not willing to even see what a leader is. So the biggest thing that I see is that people misidentify what leadership is and what being a leader is. And that is one thing, Gary, that you have been such a gift um, for me and everybody uh, in terms of describing what is a leader really in your own life. Because a lot of people look at what other people are doing as being leaders and they don't want to do that. They have all these ideas of leaders or people that are mean and that are awful and bad and, and um, that do things with force. And so they try to do that with their dog, but they don't really want to do that with their dog. So then the dog realizes that they're not being a leader and the dog takes over. Because like you said earlier, if you are basically with an animal, they always look to a leader. And if there's no leader, they have to be the leader. They they basically, from their point of view, don't have another choice but then take over. And so that's when people start having trouble when their dog is all, all of a sudden being the leader of their pack, basically. Yeah, they're being in charge of the pack. And the thing that I think that most people don't get that's sort of one of the laws of the universe is if there is no leader, you have to become the leader. Uh, I remember years ago, I was out riding with Dane, and we were in this group of beginner riders, and Dane considered himself a beginner. So he's like running like a bat out of hell up and down the, the hills and stuff. And, uh, and they're, you know, it's like, and they're having this, you know, great old time, except these people are falling off. Luckily, we're in Costa Rica where the ground is so damp that you fall off and it's like a sponge. All you do is get a little wet. So it was it was very funny. I said, look, you're the senior horseman. You have to take care of these people. And he goes, what's a senior horseman? I said, you're the one who has the most capacity to control your horse, so you have to control everybody else. And he goes, really? Nobody ever told me that. I went, yeah, you have to control everybody else by you being the person who knows the most and it's like when you're the person who has the most awareness, you're the one who has to be the leader. And the thing I notice is a whole lot of people are always looking for, you know, the guru, the person who has the answer, the person who can tell them what's wrong with them. And unfortunately, in that, you disempower yourself. So mm -hmm. I get a process for that. So let's do a little processing here. So what stupidity are you using? To create the inventions, the artificial intensities, and the demons 
of always disempowering you in favor of somebody else's point of view. And everything that is times a godzillion, we just try to create it all. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. Ow. My that's not nice. <laughs> so, Gary, I'm not sure that last week you even got to explain what some of those things are, demons, artificial intensity. Can you give a, a brief, like, what you're saying? Yeah, I always forget that stuff. So <laughs> it's, the thing is, it's like we create these inventions. And inventions are things where we try to buy somebody else's point of view and then function from their point of view as though that's the only way to deal with life is to function from somebody else's point of view. So that's what we invent as our point of view, which doesn't have anything to do with our real point of view. Then there's the, you know, the artificial intensities, and that's where you make yourself feel things dynamically so that you will, quote-unquote, feel like there's a whole lot going on in your life instead of recognizing, wait a minute, uh, I don't have any point of view about this stuff. And there's a whole lot of places in our lives where we have no point of view about things and then we create these artificial intensities in order to prove to people that we're feeling something. And then the demons are literally the creatures that we invite into our life. And it's like, do they look like the gargoyles on Notre Dame? Probably. I have no idea what they look like. But what I notice is wherever anybody goes, this happened to me or this occurred instead of I created this, especially anything they decided is bad. It's where they open the door to these entities that are called demons come into their lives and control them. It's not exactly your best choice. So you want to look at it and, you know, it's like the reality, good, bad, or ugly, everything in life we create. That's being a leader in your own world, recognizing that everything is your creation. Therefore, everything is under your control. Therefore, Anything is possible depending on your choice. So it's really important to get this kind of thing and recognize that there's a different possibilities. So what stupidity are you using? Now, when I say stupidity, what I'm talking about is unawareness. Basically, in order to create any problems in our lives, we have to make ourselves unaware enough to have a problem. Isn't that cute? We create our stupidity, our lack of awareness, in order to create a problem have these inventions that other people know more than us. We can have these artificial intensities, but it feels so bad. And these demons of, I had no idea. I had nothing to do with it. The devil made me do it. Now, it's like all these places that we create from, which have nothing to do with what is truly us, the being. And so it's like, so there you have the elements of it. And that's what we create. We make ourselves unaware enough to create the inventions that somebody else knows more than us, to create the artificial intensities that it feels so bad, and the demons that we didn't have anything to do with it and somebody else made us do it. And it's like when we use those elements, what we end up doing is disempowering us rather than being the leader in our own world. So what stupidity are you using to create the inventions, the artificial intensities, and the demons of always, what did I say, disempowering you? No, mm-hmm. avoid, Dr. Dane, where's your eye brain today? Avoid <laughs> disempowering you. Are you choosing everything that is times a godzillion? We just turn on credit all. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. And by the way, like any of you would like to call in a question, uh, the number is, Blossom, do you have that number? I One, do. It is 888 
three four six nine one four one. Could take live three, questions. Three four six nine one four one, and we'd be glad to have questions and stuff. You know, I figured like after this is our second program, we're up, probably up to three and a half listeners at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, so, I actually oh, want. Oh, go ahead, Blossom. Sorry. No, <laughs> we all have questions. <laughs> well, um, one thing that I'd love love just more information on from you. I mean, one thing that shows up in class all the time is people see something in, say, my workshop, or they want more information. They know I may have information that they desire. But then there's this thing where they want to turn you into having the answer, turn you into the guru. And so how do you make sure that you're always um, making somebody the leader? Can you talk more about empowering people and what that looks like? Yeah. So it's like the thing is, it's like you got to look at how do you empower people. And the way you empower people is by asking them questions, never by telling them what you know, never telling them uh, what you have available, but actually asking them a question. So they get aware of what they're aware of because like nobody on this planet seems everybody seems to want to give you their answer. And I think people want to give you their answer because they figure if you if they if you take their answer, then they're actually right. And it's like they I don't I'm not willing to be right. I'm not willing to be wrong, but I'm willing to be whatever it takes to change whatever is not working. And that (laughs) being willing to change whatever is not working gives you a whole different perspective about life. And it's like, I don't have to be right. I don't have to be wrong. I just have to be aware. And awareness will always give you the, the, the steps to changing anything. And that's the thing about consciousness. You know, it's like access. You know, it's like I've been to a lot of people who talk about consciousness and they, you know, they tell you, okay, you got to choose consciousness. But I ask them, so what is consciousness to you? And they have no answer. They just go, it's consciousness. And I go, Okay, and what is that to you? It's consciousness. Well, it's like we've had an answer uh, for that. You know, here we are saying we're asking the question and we have an answer. So consciousness includes everything and judges nothing. And it's like that's probably the greatest difference. Between that. We do it. Different. How do we create something different? By asking a question. So, you know, here's a question for all of you to consider. What do you know you don't want to know that if you knew it, it would change your whole life? Mm-hmm. And everything that to show up times a godzillion, we just trying to uncreate it all. Okay, I think it's uh, about time for a break here. Oh, no, we got one minute. So, you know, who can talk for a minute without going over? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just want to, I, I, I'm so grateful for the question. And I would say in my workshops, so often someone will ask me a question and they go, so is it this? And I go, well, is it that? And they go, is it that? And I say, is it that? And it's funny about two back and forth. And they go, yeah, or no, it's something else entirely. It's like people know. People yeah. know when That's you. People don't get is people know exactly what is true for them. And they're able to acknowledge that. And after a while, they will acknowledge that and choose that. So it's this great gift that each of us has is this ability to perceive, know, be and receive. And we need to choose that. And it's like, that's how you become a leader in your own world and a leader of the world in that process. Because people will want to go with you if you're willing to know that you know, when you know that you know, so that you're as annoying as you always told you were always told you were different reality. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, it's like when they used to tell you you were annoying. Yeah. 
A-K-N-O-W-I-N-G. There you go. Much better possibility. All right, folks. I think uh, it's just about time for a break. I think it is. Yep. So we'll be back in just a few minutes. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. What would you say if I told you that you could change your life in only one hour and all while lying down relaxing? Thousands of people all over the world have. What am I talking about? It's called Access Consciousness The Bars. The Bars is an energetic body process that contains 32 different points on your head that when run assist you in releasing decisions about any area of your life that you have made solid and as a result cannot change. The Bars is the first class in Access Consciousness a dynamic set of tools and information designed to transform any area of your life. When you have a bar session, the worst that can happen is you feel like you had a fantastic massage. The best thing that can happen is your whole life could change. Go to accessconsciousness.com today to find a facilitator to schedule a private session or to find a bars class in your area. Are you willing to give yourself an hour to change your life? When you're pondering the big questions like, Is there more than this? How can I have a happy relationship? What would it take to like my body? And how do I make more money? Where do you go for information and tools? Check out the online store at accessconsciousness.com. Accessconsciousness.com has books, DVDs, instant video and audio downloads, online classes, and so much more. Subjects include abuse, changing your body, recovery, raising children, business techniques, tools to generate more money, how to have better sex and healthier relationships, just to name a few. At accessconsciousness.com, you can also find facilitators who teach local classes on a variety of subjects. Accessconsciousness.com, your one-stop shop for tools to assist you in changing your life. All of life comes to us with ease, joy, and glory. Go to accessconsciousness.com to learn more. Our nation's educational system is undergoing constant change as technology and society are redefining the system as we have known it. On Chalk Talk with Eric Hamilton, we provide parents with the resources they need to understand and become a part of the educational experience for their children. Through engaging guests, news, interactive discussions, and innovative ideas, it's everything that parents should know about school. Tune in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time for Chalk Talk on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Access Consciousness. To join in on the discussion today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to va at accessconsciousness.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Gary Douglas with my sweet friends, Blossom and... Uh, Susie. So, uh, one of the things that, you know, it's like we were running a process, uh, because what we're trying to do is change the place where you guys are having 
you know, are you where you are stuck in your point of view. And it's like you disempower yourself and give up yourself way too often. So once again, what stupidity are you using to create the inventions, the artificial intensities and the demons of always disempowering you for other people's points of view? And everything that is the God's zillion, we just try to create it all. Yep. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. Mm. Ah, nice. <laughs> so, so Gary, one one thing actually um, that I wanted to ask earlier, which is that you have such a unique way of describing what leadership really is. And I get that a lot of people have all these strange ideas of what it means to be a leader of your own life. Can you give us a couple of hints on what that looks like um, to be a different leader or a leader in the true sense of leadership? Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing that was, you know, one thing I noticed is there are lots of people who have this, this sense of, this sense of, you know, extreme sports and stuff. Like I knew this guy who rode horses and he had no problem getting on the rankest, most obnoxious, most horrible horse that ever existed. He had no fear But when it came to the courage to being a leader, he would always acquiesce. He would always give up to somebody else's point of view. And I looked at that and I went, okay, so what's that? Because it's like you could see that this guy was fearless, but was there something lacking in his life? And I finally realized that courage is the willingness to go where nobody else has gone, to have a point of view that nobody else has, and know that you're not wrong. And be able it and to have it instead of trying to make yourself fit into everybody else's reality. And it's like, we call that sort of the contextual reality. In the contextual reality of this reality, it's about what you win, you know, how to win, how to not lose, how to, how to benefit and how, you know, how you can benefit and how you can uh, create something based on how you benefit. You know, it's like, where do I win? Where do I lose? Where do I benefit? And what not? A question of what else is possible. It's how you fit. Oh no, that's it. Where do I fit? How do I benefit? You know, how do I win and how do I not lose? And those are the primary ways people function from. Well, it's like, is that courage? Is that fearless? Is that leadership? Or is that acquiescing, giving up to other people's points of view? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, me, you, for other people's points of view. You've been using um, the word a little bit recently, controversy, and that's what comes up for me. I realize how controversial is it actually to not look for what other people think of what you're doing and just to do it and enjoy it, whatever it is for you. Yeah, well, it, you know, it's like it's always interesting to me that people will give up themselves for somebody else's point of view, thinking that somehow that's going to make everybody like them better. And it's like, I used to be that kind of person. I used to do everything I could. I'd bend, stable, fold, and mutilate myself and stick myself up my own rectum in order to try and be <laughs> other people. And it's like, and to make them like me. And it's like, and did they like me any better? No. In fact, they just judged me because, oh yeah, because I was judging me. And it's like, and when you're judging yourself, you actually cut off everything that you could possibly create. So it's like what I went to is, okay, so what if I get a beer do different here that will create a different result? And in doing that, I have actually gotten to the point where I am actually having a, an awareness and a sense of the possibilities that exist in my life that don't exist for other people. And the other part of it, which I think is awesome, is that I've also been, been able to, now that I really don't 
you know, care that much what people think of me or how much they judge me. It's like now everybody likes me better. Yeah. They want to all the time. It's really annoying. I can't get rid of people. They come to my house, they'll <laughs> and open the door and say, bye. And they, go, <laughs> and they weren't ready to leave. You know, Gary, it's so interesting how this applies actually to being on the stage. Um, because when somebody stops judging themselves and they're in front of you, the whole audience gets to relax. It's amazing how obvious this tool becomes when you have an audience. When you're standing on the stage judging yourself, the audience is uncomfortable. You relax, they relax. The thing is, relaxing, what are you relaxing into? Being. Being you. Yeah, out of judgment. Out of judgment. It's like when you come out of judgment, and judgment is the ultimate killer in our lives, and it yet... It's what we use because everybody's told us you have to get it correct. You have to get it right. You have to do the right thing. You have to be the right thing, which means you're in a constant state of judgment of you to determine what you're going to choose so you can figure out if you're choosing the right thing so that you can judge that you did the right thing instead of giving up the wrong thing and you can fit with everybody else. And it's like you're not even present. But when you're present on the stage without judgment all of a sudden the world you know becomes connected to you because that's the greatest connection there is in the world living without judgment and it's like when you have that everybody wants to know who you are and what you're doing because it's not normal and that's the controversy in life is recognizing that not normal place that gets created from that element of presence that occurs when you are the leader and don't give yourself up for anybody so let's run that process one more time. So what stupidity are you using to create the invention, the artificial intensity, and the demons of always giving yourself over to somebody else's point of view? Everything that is times a godzillion, we just run and create it all. Run good and bad, pot and pock, all nine, shorts, boys and beyonds. Ow. Not nice. Gary, I've also noticed with people and their dogs that they often try to be perfect with their dog and it doesn't work because the dog doesn't understand this whole thing of judging yourself. So the dog gets really confused when people are constantly being in the judgment of they're doing it wrong or or they don't know what they want to do. And, and so then the dog sort of becomes this has this craziness in them and they don't know exactly what is actually required. So this, this strange way of wanting to be perfect all the time doesn't actually work. Well, it's like, it's like if you're trying to be perfect, all you're really trying to do is judge yourself into perfection. You know, it's like what if everything you were doing was exactly right. The one thing I noticed about horses, and I, you know, I think it applies to dogs and cats and everybody else, every other animal on the planet, is they communicate you know, telepathically, basically. And if you, you know, if you think at a horse, they will tend to do what you want. But if you think, oh, my God, I'm so afraid, the horse goes, what am I supposed to be afraid of? Because fear means he's supposed to run or he's supposed to fight. And from his point of view, he's always looking for where he has to run. And it's like if you're afraid or you go to fear at any point, then they start looking for where to run. And that's what causes most accidents that occur with horses is the person going into this fear, not realizing he's actually telepathically communicating that to the horse. And the horse has no idea what he's supposed to be afraid of. So he'll just run in circles forever until he dies if you keep the fear there. <laughs> yeah. So, Gary, I get that most people, though, wouldn't say, oh, that they want to judge or that they want to be in fear. But it's like nobody knows how to get out of it what I see as people go into these places of judgment, 
It's like, first of all, you got to get that 98% of your thoughts, feelings, and emotions don't belong to you. Now, if that means what that means more than anything else is 98% of the judgments don't belong to you. So if they don't belong to you, why are you assuming they are correct? And then judging you is the correct thing to do. It's actually not true. It's not what has to happen. And it's like, and that's one of the things that we work on with people in access because to truly be a leader, you have to come out of judgment. Your choices are just your choices. They're not a right or wrong choice. You choose to go in this direction. Okay, that's not working. Choose to go in another direction. Most people judge this is the right direction to go. They get to a brick wall. They just start slamming their head against the brick wall, wondering why they can't get through it. <laughs> Three steps to the right is a way around it. But since you've already made up, made up your mind and judged that you have to go through that wall, you can't see the three steps to the right. It's open. You know, it's like I, I had dogs one time. I had I had this dog, and he was a great day, and he was really huge. And the next-door neighbor had a Doberman Pinscher, and they had this great big fence up that you know was between the two properties. And the dogs used to run out, and they start barking and snarling at one another. And they would go up and down the fence. Well, one day, somebody forgot to shut the gate. So the gate was open, gotten to each other, but they would get within a foot of the gate, and then they have to have a confrontation, which I thought was hysterically funny because they could have gotten to each other, but they didn't really want to get to each other. And that's <laughs> sort of the way people function in this world. It's like, you know, it's, you could get to be connected to people, but because you just keep growling and doing your judgments in order to make sure that you still have your judgments in place so that you can prove that you're doing the right thing. I don't know what the dogs were doing. They were trying to prove that they were guarding their property, but they had been given that job by their owners, me. And the other people. So it's like when you get that we don't have to live from judgment and there's a different way to live in the world, it's an amazing gift. Just to quiet your mind and have that no judgment space is amazing. Well, one of the tools that I always give people is, okay, so interesting point of view, I have this point of view. And it takes about six months to get there of doing this. And it's like you go, interesting point of view, I have this point of view. And it's like, and anything that, you know, if you go interesting point of view, I have this point of view, then you realize it's just a point of view. It's not really right or wrong or good or bad. So you don't try to solidify it. So it's like you keep doing this interesting point of view. I have this point of view. And pretty soon you have all kinds of awareness of all the things you're thinking all the time that are not yours. And it's like, and you have thousands of points of view that you didn't even know you had, all of which are determining what you try to make right or try to make wrong in your life. And do this for six months for every thought, feeling, and emotion you have. And pretty soon, you have no thoughts, feelings, or emotions. You're just present, and you have no more judgment of you. And that's one of the hardest things to get people to do in access is to actually take that six months. And, yeah, it's work. But you know what? It's like, are you happy with your life the way it is? If you aren't, you might want to consider a different choice. Yeah. And that tool, um, I use that with things that other people say as well, because I realize how quickly I, I will go to judge what somebody else says too, or have an opinion and then just going, wow, that's an interesting point of view. They have that point of view. I don't have to make it right or wrong. I can just see as it just is. Is it that result from that? I mean, it's like, I know personally, it's like, I do that. And it's like, and all of a sudden the person changes their point of view. Yeah. Well, wow. I'm I'm sure I'm the only one listening that always wants to be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. The one thing that will kill you. That's like one of the things that was interesting a few years ago. This lady said to me, it's like, I hate the fact that you're always right. And I go, okay. 
am I always right? Or am I just usually correct? And she goes, what do you mean? I said, well, if you function from awareness, you're usually correct, but you're never right and you're never wrong. You just are aware of what actually is. And you got to get to the point where you can function from what is this instead of, oh, my God, that's a terrible thing. And it's like when you do, oh, my God, it's a terrible thing. Nothing that doesn't match the terrible thing can come into your awareness. Where if you do, okay, what else is possible here? What are the points of view are possible? What can I create or generate? And suddenly everything changes, gets easier, gets better. And that's really the greatest gift from my point of view of all of this stuff about how we can function and how we can do things from a different place. Yeah, it is about using the tools and, and being willing to just use them whenever things come up. And that's also the beauty of these tools is that you can use them all day long. You don't have to meditate. You don't have to go into a specific place to do them. You can do them walking down the street. If somebody has a judgment of my dog, I can go interesting point of view um, that they have the point of view about my dog. And so it really helps in just everyday life. And that's the that's the great place about these tools for me, well, too. One of the things for you, Susie, you've got, you know, like Charlie is a what kind of dog? Pitbull. <laughs> billion judgments about pitbulls and how dangerous they are. Charlie is, you know, Charlie is a lap dog who will, you know, lap your face with his tongue. He just understands <laughs> that he's supposed to be some kind of vicious, mean critter. It's like he would wag his tail off before he'd consider biting you. you yeah, know, exactly. And, and you know, Gary, I've had people literally grab their children and go to the other side of the street. And, and Charlie is one of these dogs that actually really likes children and, and is very gentle with them. And they can do whatever they want with him and he's fine with it. So it's just interesting how these judgments uh, come up immediately just because a, a certain animal looks a certain way or has a reputation, rather than asking a question, um, for example, if you were to be in the question about it, and you could say, is this a dog that I need to, to take my children to the other side of the street with, or, or can I leave my children here? Uh, and people don't do that. They just go instantly into the judgment. Yeah, and the thing about judgment, what is it does, it creates the reactions in your life instead of the actions of your life. And that's probably the greatest gift that any of this can be, that place where you can go from reaction to action. And it's like, yeah. interesting you say that people do that with dogs. They don't do that with, with other people, do they? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> Nothing gets projected or assumed ever when you just meet somebody. It's projected and assumed. It's very funny to me because it's like people do these projections and these expectations and these separations, judgments, and rejections of animals, of types of animals, of people. And it's like, and it's just sort of bizarre to realize what all you do is cut you off and making that your reality. And, you know, it's like we're going to go to a break now, folks, and we'll be back shortly and we'll have some more of this access consciousness stuff. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in a few. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Dane here, and I would like to invite you to an adventure in being. I've just written and finished a new book known as Being You, Changing the World. Are you one of those dreamers? 
one of those people who's always known that other possibilities should be available but haven't yet been able to see them be created? Well, I wrote this book for you. In it, you'll find tools, processes, and unique perspectives to change the things you've always wanted to change but didn't know how. In it, you'll find an invitation to a different possibility for a way that we can be in this world that changes not only our lives, but by being us, allows us to contribute to changing everything planet-wide that doesn't work. Are you aware that truly great people, truly being them, is the only thing that has ever created a great change on this planet? Are you willing to step up? Are you willing to be one? Check out a copy of my new book, Being You, Changing the World. I invite you to go to beingyoubook.com for a free gift. When you're pondering the big questions like, is there more than this? How can I have a happy relationship? What would it take to like my body? And how do I make more money? Where do you go for information and tools? Check out the online store at accessconsciousness.com. Accessconsciousness.com has books, DVDs, instant video and audio downloads, online classes and so much more. Subjects include abuse, changing your body, recovery, raising children, business techniques, tools to generate more money, how to have better sex and healthier relationships, just to name a few. At accessconsciousness.com you can also find facilitators who teach local classes on a variety of subjects. Accessconsciousness.com, your one-stop shop for tools to assist you in changing your life. All of life comes to us with ease, joy, and glory. Go to accessconsciousness.com to learn more. Hi, this is Dr. Dane here. Have you felt different your whole life? A dreamer? A seeker? An outsider? Always wrong no matter how hard you try? What if there's a completely different way of functioning in this reality? What if you, truly being you, could change everything and the world? If you'd like to find out, go to beingyouclass.com. Twelve years ago, I was on the verge of suicide, and I came into contact with some amazing tools that changed everything for me. Today, I live a life I couldn't even imagine possible at that time. I have the honor of traveling around the world facilitating thousands of people on how to change their lives with these very tools. I'd like to share some of them with you. Go to beingyouclass.com and sign up for my free video series, My Gift to You. What if the tools to change everything are available now? In February, you can join me for a three-and-a-half-day intensive class in Hawaii. Are you ready to explore these tools in this energy live? Is now the time? Go to beingyouclass.com. You know if this is for you. You always do. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite twice every week, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Thank you. 
You are tuned in to Access Consciousness. To join in on the discussion today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to va at accessconsciousness.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to Hello, everybody. It's Gary again with the sweet and glorious Blossom and the fabulous and amazing Susie. Now, as we were talking about, uh, before the break, we were talking about the fact that Susie has a pit bull, and as she walks down the street, people do judgments of her pit bull and grab their kids up and run across the street so their kids will be safe. The unfortunate part in that kind of thing is, you know, it's like people do that when I walk down the street, too. They see me, and they (laughs) grab their kids and run across the street, you know, because... No, I'm kidding. No, it's like, it's literally, it's so funny because when you think of that, all you're really doing is enforcing in the kid that there's something wrong and the kid has no idea why you're grabbing them either. They don't know that you're, you know, making them safe, quote unquote. It's interesting because it's like one of the things that occurred when uh, my kids were little, it's like my youngest daughter, Grace, and her mother was afraid of dogs. So we were at uh, somebody's yard sale and the this dog started to growl at my ex and her fear came up dynamically and when her fear came up my daughter started to cry so my daughter thought for years that she was afraid of dogs she didn't get that was she was picking up on her mother's fear and that's one of the things that a whole lot of people don't get either we pick up other people's thoughts feelings and emotions all the time and you as a kid you were really good at picking up that kind of stuff. You probably don't realize that you spent more of your time picking up other people's garbage about things than you did actually having the awareness of what you were aware of. And, you know, it's like we're not told that. And these are some of the tools that we try to give people to get them to the place where they can have more consciousness with themselves. Yeah. Let's try running well, this Gary, process. I, well, I was going to say, I used to think I was so much more judgmental than I actually am because I would walk down the street and I would think all these rude things about people. And when I started asking this question, who does this belong to? And this tool you gave me, I got, wow, that's actually their point of view about being unattractive or that nobody likes them or whatever. And, and so I came to find out, wow, I'm not nearly as judgmental as I thought I was. Well, most of us are actually not. We're just way more psychic than we want to believe. Because like you watch people walking down the street and the amount of judgments they have in their universe is sort of horrendous. It's like, you know, it's like right now we're in this apartment above uh, Malulaba Beach, the Sunshine Coast in Australia. Stunning, beautiful, great ocean view. As long as I look at the ocean, I'm fine. But I look at some of the people walking along the street and you can feel the energy of their judgment. It's actually their judgment is almost more pervasive into the world than their willingness to be. And it's like somehow people have misidentified and misapplied that judgment is the source of who they are. And I've met people who like were highly judgmental and they're going, but you have to accept me for who I am. And I go, what makes you think your judgments are who you are? That's not real. That's not true. What are you trying to make true that actually isn't? And that's probably the hardest thing for people to get is they are not their judgments, but they think they are their judgments. It's like when you come off of judgment and you actually just get to be there, you get to have an awareness of a whole lot of things that make life way better if you're willing to have a better life. I was surprised to find out most people are not willing to have a better life. 
How's that for sad? Yeah. <laughs> well, and I know uh, that's the question I really had to look at when I facilitate because I always want people to have the most or to have what I want or to be happy or to have money or to be joyful. And really, part of being the leader, I think, is staying in that question of, well, what do they desire? Because some people love their trauma and drama. And if that's where they are, then then who am I to take that away from them? Exactly. You know, it's like some people love their country music life. Yeah. You know, it's like she ran over my dog. She ran over me. She's going to kill me, but I still love her. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like uh, that would be your choice for life and living. Uh, I don't understand that. That's just not real for me. But, but I uh, thought being a leader would be taking people from that sadness to this great white light. And, and wow, that's so superior. <laughs> so superior. And that's the thing about, you know, it's like if you're going out looking for a guru, you have to make him superior, even if he's not willing to be superior. You know, and you got to see what really is, not what you think they're going to be or they ought to be. I knew some people who'd gotten involved in a cult years ago and it's like they wanted a guru and they came to access and they were really angry with me for not being willing to be a guru and every time they asked me to be a guru i'd start talking about pornographic films i used to say cornflakes but everybody heard cornflakes so talking about cornflakes doesn't actually get people to a place where they have something more judgeable than themselves but at any rate, it's like I was trying to get them to the place where they could actually get that they needed to be the leader of their life. They needed to choose their life. And they got a certain degree of it, and they chose their life to a certain degree, but they still wanted to give themselves up for somebody else's point of view. So let's run that process one more time, see if that helps people. So what stupidity are using to create the inventions, the artificial intensity, and the demons of always giving up, giving over you to somebody else's point of view? Everything that is times a godzillion, we just try to create it all. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine shorts, boys and beyonds. And by the way, uh, if any of you have questions you would like to have answered but you don't want to call in or you're listening to this after the fact, please contact us at www.whenisthetime, all together, whenisthetime.com. And yeah, it's like, and don't forget to like us on Access Consciousness on Facebook so that uh, people can follow us if you think this is good. And if you think it's crap, call, you know, let us know about that too because uh, we'll, we'll do our best to ignore you. So, so what else do we need to know here? What else is a necessity that you know, people have, this sense, this, you know, it's like to be, a, you know, to be fearless is one thing, to have the courage to go where other people will not go, you know, sort of like the... the What's that? Yeah, and Gary, for me, it's like I get this question a lot with people and their dogs when we talk about leadership. The question they have is like, well, do I have to be mean to my dog to be the leader? Do I have to never let them ever on the bed again? Do I never pet them again? Can you talk a little bit about that? Because to me, that has nothing to do with leadership, and yet people seem to think that that is a necessity to be a leader. Well, it's, it's like literally what you've got to do is you've got to – You've got to be willing to recognize when it's necessary to be stern, but not be stern all the time. It's like my youngest daughter has a son who's like 10, 10 and a half, almost 11 months old. And it's like she sent me a video of him yesterday and he's trying to play in the toilet and she doesn't want him to. And she just keeps 
no, Zan, no, don't, don't, no, no, Zan, no. And she doesn't get angry with him. She just kept saying no. And then she put the lid down and she said, here, watch your hand. Can you move your hand, please? Can you move your hand, please? And then she got the top down and he, of course, put it right back up and went back to playing in the toilet. But he, she never got mad at him because force actually only creates the place where people have to defend. And whenever you use force, you actually, you know, you actually alter things so that the being whether it's a dog or a cat or a horse or anything else, has to defend their point of view. Several years ago, I was I had this horse and I was riding up in the mountains with him. And uh, for the first time in my entire life, I was going bareback. That is, I had nothing on my body. Uh, you know, it's like, well, not totally bareback. I had pants on, but I didn't wear my shirt. I thought I was going to get a suntan while I was out there in the in the hills. And so it's like I got to this certain point and this horse spooked and I decided I would use force on him. And it's like so I started working to make him do it. And I started hitting him and started, you know, and he whirled around really fast and three times and I fell off into poison oak. Scratches all over my body with poison oak. I had the most amazing case of poison oak. Now, I've never had poison oak in my entire life. So I didn't know I could get poison oak, so I thought it was going to be okay, which I was not. And uh, and I ended up, you know, having to have a whole lot of calamine lotion and stuff put on me. But from that, I realized, you know what? When you try to force anyone or anything to do something, they have to defend the rightness of their point of view. And you got to get that a poor dog has to defend the rightness of their point of view. If you try to force them to do something, they have to go into defense. Anytime somebody goes into defense, they must, of necessity, fight you. You don't want to create the fight. You want to create the possibility. And how do you do that? By asking a question. You know, it's like when a dog gets all defensive, I always go, what's your problem? And because I say it in that tone, what's your problem? It's like they go, what? And they change their point of view because they realize that that I'm not doing force, but I'm doing intensity of necessity to listen and it's like and you do that with people as well and it's amazing what's your problem what are you doing you're doing that for what reason what makes that right why do you need to do that i don't understand and it's like and then you add i don't understand after the fact and they'll suddenly come off their point of view and do everything they can to give you the information about how they ended up in that position and i'm talking about dogs horses anything it's like they all come to that awareness of there's a different possibility. It's a great even gift. people. <laughs> people, I know people are a little stupider. They go way slower. You know, the one thing about working on animals, which is great, is they will let something go in ten minutes. You know, we human beings, we have a different point of view. We got to look at our, you know, we got to look at our shit to see how many, you know, kernels of corn there are in it, how many tomato seeds. How many peanuts, how many things that we might want to hold on to before we decide to let go of it? Personally, I don't know. I don't look at my, you know, my bowel movements after I have them. I move on from them. But most people don't have that point of view. They want to look at everything to determine whether they should let go of it or not. And because of that, they end up defending, you know, they end up defending the, uh, bowel movements of their lives as though the bowel movements are the source for creation. Interesting world, huh? Yeah. But, you know, for you, Susie, you work with more animals than people. (laughs) 
Well, the animals definitely uh, let go of things much, much quicker. But it is interesting because when you were just even uh, describing how to use a bit more force, you're still asking questions. And so yeah. I think that is also something animals respond to very well, is asking them a question rather than uh, always assuming that we have the answer for them or that we're responsible for changing their perspective or something. We can still ask them a question too. And I think that's something that people often overlook. <laughs> and remember, that same thing applies to people. You know, it's like you ask them a question. It's like this morning, you know, it's like Blossom asked me a question. She said, are you aware that there's a voice, you know, Voice America call this morning? I went, uh, no. It's like, well, thank you for having us on. It's yeah. been a lot of fun. Thank you, Gary. It was really amazing to be on the show today. So thank you for having us. Thank you for coming and thanks for saving my tush. Right. <laughs> Don't forget, everybody, send questions to whenisthetime.com or follow us on Facebook at Access Consciousness. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you all soon. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for joining us and welcome to our world. We appreciate you joining us this week for Access Consciousness, the radio show. To find out more about Access Consciousness, please visit our website at accessconsciousness.com. Be sure to come back next Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition of our show with Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have an excellent week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.